Into Riverdale, your at least top five. I'm hoping favorite Riverdale rewatch podcasts. I think we got a shot. I don't know if there's that many of us out here. See, we might we might be up there for a POC led. Oh, true. Well, yeah, we might be up there. I don't know. Uh, I have not researched the deep and rich vein of Riverdale podcast, but I have to assume there aren't too many. But anyway, uh, we're here. I'm Daniel. That's Jesse. Hey, hey I'm, Je- I'm Jesse. I talked before. <laughs> yeah, we're all here. We all know what this is about. <laughs> yeah, we d- we definitely know what this is about. I okay. So I watched this like right after, and I I kind of like <laughs> blocked out a lot of it. This was weird. <laughs> Like, yeah, this one got a little weird. Like, I don't, uh, I don't know how you get like a blood. F- I don't know how you turn a blood feud into a baby shower. Uh, welcome to Riverdale, baby. All right, before we start, let's get a character spotlight on the one and only Skeet Ulrich. Uh, which is a ridiculous name. His real birth name is actually not that much better. Uh, so Skeet Ulrich, born Brian Ray Trout. Fucking. He was, I mean, he was just destined. He was destined to have a ridiculous name. There is an alternate universe where this man is a huge country star with a name like that. Or. Uh, but born January 20th of 1970. Um, Whoa, he's, he is, he's held up, like, as a person. Like, he's oh, yeah. aged like a fine wine. Like, yeah. mm. aged well. Uh, so he is uh, best known for his roles in the popular 1990s films uh, as Billy Loomis in Scream and H- Chris Hooker in The Craft. Uh, since 2017, he starred as F.P. Jones in Riverdale. He's done some other television roles, including Paul Kalen in the short-lived ABC drama Miracles, Johnston Jacob Jake Green Jr. in the television series Jericho, and LAPD detective Rex Winters, a Marine veteran in Law and in the Law and Order franchise. Uh, so he was born in Lynchburg, Virginia, which is not a great name for a city, but I totally get Virginia. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, uh, that's not a great name. Is, that's, yeah, no. yeah. I would say I would <laughs> say it's on the lower tier of names I would give a place. I would agree. Yeah. Um, but his mother, Caroline Elaine Wax, nay Rudd owns the special events marketing agency Sports Management Group, and his father is a restaurateur. His first stepfather, D.K. Ulrich, a NASCAR driver and team owner. Uh, and then his mother since remarried Edward Lewis Wax. However, he still regards D.K. Ulrich as his father. Ulrich's maternal uncle is retired NASCAR driver Ricky Rudd. <laughs> Just great names all through this bio. <laughs> like, this is... It's like whatever you... Uh, it... it it's like whenever you look at, uh, like, people who are into QAnon and, like, you just write into names that have to be fake. <laughs> uh, speaking of fake names, sorry, this is a, a detour. I learned recently, because I'm not a wrestling person, I don't really know a lot about wrestling, but I learned that Jake the Snake Roberts, that whole name is fake. I just assume maybe, like, the snake part was the gimmick, but no, the whole name Jake the Snake Roberts is fake. Do you want to know what Jake the Snake Roberts' real name is? Is it... Is it... 
dip, as ridiculous as someone calling themselves Jake the Snake, Robert? It's Aurelian Smith Jr. Why didn't you just call yourself that? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. How is Jake Roberts your bullshit fake up, fake made up fantasy name, and Aurelian Smith Jr. is your real, actual Christian name? You know what? What the hell? You know what you do? You change Smith to Snake. <laughs> <laughs> Aurelian Snake Jr. You got it there. Uh, but this is not a WWE podcast. This is Riverdale. So let's get back to it. His maternal grandfather was Alvin Ray Rudd Sr., the president of Alvin Rudd Auto Parts. More great names. Uh, whoa. I didn't read this bio, so I'm, I'm learning it just as I'm reading here. Uh, Ulrich claims his father kidnapped him and his brother when he was six years old, and they spent the next three years moving from Florida to New York and then to Pennsylvania. They were reunited with their mother in North Carolina, where his father disappeared from his life. Woof. What is going on with this person? Every, uh, every mm. sentence you say is just like, man, this is a Riverdale plot. <laughs> uh, the nickname Skeet originated from the nickname Skeeter. He was given by his Little League coach because of his small stature. Along with his slight frame, he had poor health, including numerous bouts of pneumonia. He underwent open-heart surgery to repair a defective ventricle at the age of 10. Man! Uh, graduated from Northwest Cabarrus High School and enrolled in University of North Carolina at Wilmington to study marine biology. Uh, but then he switched to New York University, where, uh, where he was noticed by playwright Dave Mamet. Uh, in his earliest screen appearances, Ulrich was an uncredited extra in the films Weekend at Bernie's and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Pretty good start. That is pretty, yeah, that is a pretty good start. Yeah. Uh, after joining the Atlantic Theater Company as an apprentice, he performed with the group, which got him noticed by director Stacey Cochran. She cast him as a CBS School Break special, in a CBS School Break special. Uh, with her help, he also received his first notable role on screen in 1996 as the loudish boyfriend of Winona Ryder, in Boys. Uh, same year, he appeared in The Craft, and then uh, also, of course, Wes Craven's hit slasher, Scream. Uh, then, in 1997, he had the small role of an emotionally conflicted gay hustler in As Good As It Gets. Uh, and then he appeared in Newton Boys, Chill Factor, um, the film Touch. Just, he's been in a lot of films, is kind of... Uh, Appearing in Ride in the Devil, uh, an American Civil War drama directed by Ang Lee, which is a weird combo, but okay. Good for you, Ang Lee. Yeah. Um, he was in Miracles We Mentioned. He appeared in TNT's multiple Emmy-nominated miniseries Into the West. Uh, also acted with Kerry Russell in the television film The Magic of Ordinary Days. A recurring guest actor on Adult Swim show Robot Chicken. Uh, he's been in both CSI New York as well as Law and Order LA. Uh, personal life, uh, in 1997, he married English actress Georgina Cates, whom he met at an Academy Awards party. Their wedding was a small ceremony held in their farmland in Madison County, Virginia, with only their preacher and their canine companions as guests. Oh, that sounds nice. Oh, that is Together, the couple, yeah. Uh, the couple have had, uh, have twins, Jacob Dylan and daughter Naya Rose, uh, but then they divorced in 2005, citing inco- uh, e- wow. Irrec- irreconcilable differences. Words are hard sometimes. Uh, in February of 2013, 
Ulrich was in court for a contempt hearing in which he was alleged he owed his former wife ooh, 2000, uh, 2080, $284,861.84 in missed child support payments, which he pled not guilty. He then married Amelia Jackson Gray in 2012, and then they divorced in 2015, and then in 2016 he became engaged to model Rose Costa, Costa, but then they split in 2017. Wow, um, a real roller coaster of relationships, my guy. Uh, he says he avoids walking red carpets in the past and hates getting his picture taken and felt ambivalent to the fame, claiming it was, quote, not something I was interested in. I was really interested in doing things that challenged me. That's pretty cool. Um, ch- things that challenged you like marriage, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's very challenging. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he's, uh, throughout his life, he has been into woodworking saying, quote, uh, with woodworking, I'm in control. That's something I don't get in acting. I'm gonna say that you just read FP's, like, biography off from <laughs> It kind of feels like that a little bit. <laughs> if he hadn't been an actor, I feel like all of that would just track everything else. Uh, let's see. For As far as awards, not a lot, but in... Uh, 1997, he was uh, nominated by the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films for Best Supporting Actor in Scream. Uh, and then he won uh, Character and Morality in Entertainment's Award for The Magic of Ordinary Days. And then he also won the Western Heritage Awards, which sounds... Uh, that sounds bad. Oh, that's but, That sounds like something like Jordan Peterson would give out. Right. Right, sounds bad, but then we flip it around because uh, it was for the category television feature film for the fe- the film Into the West. So wh- when they say Western, they mean cowboys, not uh, fascism. <laughs> okay, good because yeah, they they mean the heritage of Western film, Western genre films, not not the heritage of the West. I mean, as Nazis like to say, it's just like I'm just saying, like. Like, Nazis ruined a lot of stuff. Like, just say the word, like, the West now. It's just like, ooh, is that... (laughs) Who are they, fascist? Yeah. Uh, So that's that's Skeet Ulrich, the man with a ridiculous name. Yeah. With an equally ridiculous life. Like, Christ, like... There was a lot in there. (laughs) Like, most were just like, hey, I was hot. So, like, I did things that hot people do. And then I got on Riverdale. To be be fair, Jesse, almost (laughs) everyone else we've covered, we covered the teens first. Okay. Are all uh, between 22 and, like, 26. Well, okay, well... (laughs) And, like, got recruited to Riverdale immediately out of acting school. Well, uh, but still, like, I mean, I don't know. But like, yeah, the man was in Scream, Jesse. He was like, Scream. but like, he's in like, he's in like his fifties right now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so he's in his fifties right now, and I could swear, like, I could say he's like thirty-five, and I, I think, oh, you, yeah, yeah, I think you would agree. Yeah, he looks really good for fifty. Like, whew, man, he is. Like, I, I know, I know that I was thirsting after a lot of people, but like, <laughs> man, FP, like, oof, oof, oof. He has that yeah, sad dad energy. Oh yeah, like like when you make him look scruffy and like messed up, I'm just like, ooh, he's sad, and I can fix him. <laughs> uh, speaking of hot people, let's get into this episode. This is Riverdale, season one, episode eight, chapter eight, The Outsiders. Let's begin. Yeah. So uh, as usual, because this is an episode of Riverdale, a whole mess of stuff happened. Uh, really, too many things. 
Yeah, and like like normally like the A plot, B plot, are like you know, you could probably vaguely say they're about the same yep. level of importance. This one, <laughs> I'm just going to say the A plot means nothing. Like, it means nothing, and it takes away all the tension of, like, the main thing that we've been talking about the last, like, three episodes. Right, because last time we learned that FP has Jason's jacket in his closet. But let's learn about a baby shower now. Yeah. So. Uh, So, like, the Coopers are doing, like, press right now with, you know, the recovered pregnant daughter, daughter, Polly, and trying to prove that she's not a murderer and all that. And of course, Jughead's monologuing because this is the start of an episode of Riverdale. Also, are we... You know, when, uh, sorry, uh, just real quick, uh, when Jason smiles, he doesn't look nearly as creepy and inbred as he normally does. I mean... That's all I have to say. Well, but he also still looks like he might be a haunted doll. (laughs) Yeah, listen, there's only so much we can do. I'm just saying he looks less... Creepy and inbred. Not that he doesn't look creepy and inbred. <laughs> he he still looks very much like a haunted doll. The the comb over does not help. I don't know why they gave him that hairstyle. No. Um. Now, I do want I do want to point out though that uh, I we're were we supposed to forget that Jason did the whole thing where like he would just like, well, either fuck or say that he fucked like random women or like in the high school yeah that that just never comes back okay because like i feel like we're supposed to be like oh he's actually a good person i'm just like i don't know i remember that one episode yeah you yeah, know that that never that that was a plot line they started and realized wow this really actually kind of sucked ass <laughs> and they dropped it but, and they never returned Well, the thing is though is like it, it implicated a lot of the characters who were going to be dealing with in, like, very yeah. horrendous things that would well disqualify them as, like, being good. Well, no, because they, they don't say it was the whole football. They said Jason and his football buddies. So we don't know the exact number of players in on it. So all we know for sure was um, the coach's son and then uh, Jason for sure. Well, I, I, think, I think Reggie is too dumb. That's what I'm saying, is you can still thirst after Reggie, and it's not problematic, like, Jesse. Because I'm giving you an out. So, okay, good. <laughs> um, because I gotta say, I gotta say, um, like, we have we have uh, Archie as the himbo, and we have the jock with, uh, wait, 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 sorry, I'm trying to do the himbo triangle, so smart, dumb, kind, wait, Jughead, Jughead's the hunk. We yeah. got it, we got it, we got all of it, we got the... Got everything. Okay. Yeah. So there was like a brief thing about like, oh, recapping basically like what we learned last episode about like Jason getting drugs from the serpents and whatnot. And then. Right. uh, Polly says it was from the serpents, which is a plot point we hadn't known for sure, which is important later. Yeah. Yeah. We we knew he got drugs from someone and then there's basically just said serpents and then, you know that and then it turns out jughead is staying with yeah it looks like he ended up staying with archie yeah yeah and they're just acting like teen boys they're playing video games and not showering on the weekends you know shout out to the show for not making them like 
button mash furiously to show that they are playing games and just let them kind no, of like move the joystick around no, it looked like they were playing a game yeah like <laughs> normal people play video games yeah it was pretty good and they were play they weren't playing like a fighting game or anything so they're playing like something exploration or something like that so it's yeah, just like it, it looked like it looks a bit like uh heroes or champion heroes of ch- champions of sit what the what, what the fuck's that thing called the mmo about superheroes City of Champions. City of Champions. Jesus, yeah. I don't know why my brain just like shut down there. Which I think would have been around by the. T- I think it would have been yeah. not shut off at the time this came out. Uh, maybe a little bit I after. Know. I don't know, but whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is from 2016. Maybe yeah. I forgot that it's actually that old. Um. Anyway, Veronica says let's ho- let's have a baby shower for your sister, and that will, in my experience, heal all the tensions in the family. If we just throw a great party. In in welcome to the A plot of this show about yeah. a kid who got murdered and we need to figure out why. Like Oh wait, uh, wait, wait, Veronica <laughs> Veronica is a little bit uh she gets a little bit of shades of uh Jamila's character from The Good Place. I've forgotten her name. I can't think today. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, um Tahani. Tahani, yeah, because not only is she like, I'm going to host a party and it's going to solve everything, but she also says, uh, your issues aren't a real problem. A real problem is like, and then she name drops a couple of famous people in their Oscar parties. Yeah, that was very, that was very Tahani. Yeah. Also, here's, here's a scene that I didn't fully understand. So Fred's in trouble because his foreman just came and said, hey, me and all the guys are going to walk off the site because Clifford Blossom has offered us a tremendous deal that we can't turn down because it's so good. But so are they not his direct employees? Well, they might be. Well, I'm guessing they they they're they they maybe they're contracted, and they're okay. But like I thought, like Andrews Construction was the contracting company. I don't know. So well. is he just literally a middleman? So like. Uh, Hiram Lodge, in this case, hires Fred Andrews to do a construction job, and then Fred Andrews turns around and hires construction guys? That's an insane well, business plan. Yeah, because, like, the only thing I can think of that would be like that is if, like, like maybe if he had part of the crew that was, like, contractors that needed to, like, buff up certain stuff. Because, like, maybe he yeah, didn't have the it, expertise in it, but that's... But it's like his entire crew is like that, which is what I don't understand. So he doesn't have, like, any full-time employees? He's fully on contractors? That's, like... <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah, he's not Uber. Like, why wouldn't he have, like, full-time employees? Yeah. Also, we miss a very important scene where uh, Betty, well, Alice Cooper burst into the student lounge and it dispouts some bullshit. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I, just, I, I forgot about it. We do need to add that to the <laughs> yeah. counter. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she just waltzes in and is like, you and you, I need to say some bullshit to you. But, yeah, um, especially since this show, like, is all about, like, Fred being a good boss and everything, you know, like, he's gonna sacrifice so his guys can get paid on time or whatever, but, like, that that they're all part-time or something, so, like, he's not paying their benefits, I guess? I don't, like... Like, what the fuck? So, like, maybe maybe I just don't know how construction works, but I feel like you would have... At least half of your crew would probably be, like, full-time employees, right? Right. I feel like if you own a construction company, then you have a payroll of full-time employees. I feel like that's how that works. No, they mentioned payroll, too. Like, it's... Yeah. Like... Like, they mentioned it as if, like, you have three weeks, so it's not like, oh, they get paid per the job. They get paid because they're like yeah they're like part of the company yeah i don't i don't understand 
but yeah, it's, uh, the, this plot confused me a lot. But uh, if you are in construction and we're full of shit, uh, please write in to uh, our email, whatever it is, uh, into the <laughs> Radlands Podcast at gmail.com probably radlandspodcast at gmail.com send it to both of those one of those will go through yeah just um you know J- jackson if you know anything about this <laughs> jackson if you if you or anyone you know is in construction um yeah and then we have like a thing where archie like basically guilts his dad into like talking to him about his issues and he's just like yeah. i don't know <laughs> like i guess i de facto i guess my whole crew quit on me i don't know hey son my whole crew walked off also i'm broke we're broke everything's gone to hell we're probably gonna have to declare bankruptcy and archie's like time to deal out some vigilante justice archie gets weird this episode (laughs) he gets really weird this this whole episode is like really weird like it's it's like doing like hey this family is like gonna be destitute in like matters of like days um, yeah. And it pairs it up against, like, hey, why don't we just do this baby shower? Uh, yeah, this this is the show trying to transition to uh, full Riverdale. Because before this, it I feel like it still had one foot in the could-be-regular-television world. And I think we're, we're around the point where they were like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> full in. Yeah. Yeah, it's... And I'm gonna be honest, like, almost everything about the baby shower means nothing. No. It's... Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like we will have long tracks of time during this episode where we're just like, yeah, they're talking about the baby shower. They're trying to heal a blood feud with talking about a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so Fred confronts, uh, Clifford. Clifford, yes. And, and Clifford just looking, like, Clifford looks like he needs a guillotine. Like, he just looks like the, like, prototypical, like, just rich dude. I've never seen Frasier, but this is what I imagine they all dress like. No, actually, no, like, they dress like they're in the 90s. Like, they're just business 90s people. Like, this is, like, from the 50s. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's wearing, like, a turtleneck with a plaid tweed jacket and uh, one of those stupid caps that dumb people wear. Like a cabby cap. Yeah, well, you could have just said cabby cap. <laughs> it took me... Look, my brain's not working today, all right? Words are hard. Yeah, and Clifford just has no... Just... No chill, uh, so Cli- because he's just yeah. like... He- Clifford's plan is, uh... I guess that land used to belong to the Blossoms, and he wants it back. But then this mysterious buyer came in and swept it up in a backdoor deal. So he's gonna... He assumes, because of how rapid the progress is on this construction, that this guy has a finite amount of money. So if he can halt construction and delay it, this guy will run out of money, and then Clifford can buy back the land at a cheaper price. And Fred Andrews is like, well, yeah, you're screwing me, too! And Clifford's like, well, you're poor, so I don't care. Um, do you do you know what capitalism is? <laughs> yeah. I, I do like the exchange where Fred is like, uh, well now I'm gonna come at you with everything I got. And he's like, which is what exactly? And then leaves. It's a pretty good burn. Also, I would like to I would like to remind everyone that the reason why the blossoms are rich is because of maple syrup. Yep, the maple syrup empire. Yeah, this is... So, yeah, so Hermione and Fred are just like, I don't know what's going to go on. And then all the teen boys show up. 
Right. Um, well, all the ones that ever had speaking roles, except for one, I think, and Reggie. Yeah, one in the corner who is just uh, a guy that they used to pad this out, because it's uh, Archie, Jughead, Moose, Kevin, and then some guy. Yeah, see, I, I was, <laughs> for some reason, I thought, like, uh, I thought Reggie was part of this, and then I realized- It would make sense, huh? Yeah. Um, but maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Reggie realized that this wouldn't be, like, a smart thing to do. Because it's, uh, I mean, Reggie's also, I guess, not really their friend yet at this point, and I guess Moose is there because he's fucking Kevin. Oh. I don't know. I don't really know why Moose is there either. They needed more guys. Well, I mean, they needed to show how tough, yeah. how tough some people who show up later are. Anyway, uh, Fred Andrews employing uh, just widespread child labor to get this job done. I don't think he was paying them either. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, how also like it takes a little bit, like, because like. Even if they are able to work, like, there has to be work restrictions, because, like, if they're in sophomores, like, they'd be, like, what, yeah. 15, 16? They'd be restrictions. Oh, no, this is all off the books, yeah, so don't even worry about that. But also, though, uh, like, sure, Archie worked for his dad all summer and did, like, menial tasks at a construction site, but, like, you're talking about fully staffing a crew with these guys who have no training in construction. They can't handle any of the equipment. They're not licensed. They haven't been trained. Certainly Archie hasn't, I promise, even though he worked there for a summer. Well, didn't, he, like, wheelbarrowed dirt for them. Well, didn't he say, like, he put up drywall for this? Something, something like that. Like, he did? Uh, no, that was the alibi for Jughead. Oh, no, yeah. But, yeah, so... So, oh, yeah, the dude who never talked before is now talking. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just going out and working. You know, they're just working. Yep, they're just moving rocks around, really. <laughs> See, like, there's a crane, there's a, not a crane, but a, a shovel machine. Fucking words. <laughs> you know, the the one with the scoop. An excavator? There's one of those there, but none of them can run it. <laughs> An excavator. Uh, by, that, by the way, okay, it's not that, it's that, not that hard. Like, I've, I've worked with an excavator before that big. Okay, well. But also, it was being paid under the table, so. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Listen, I tried to use a forklift once, and everyone told me I couldn't because I didn't have a license. I used a forklift before too. Again, but that well, was also a license, under, Jesse. I was also paid under the table for that job. Yeah. Well, these guys, I'm pretty sure, aren't getting paid at all. They've got soda in the fridge, and I think that is their payment for a day of hard labor. But Moose forgot his wallet outside somehow. No phone. I don't know why his wallet phone. was. Oh, phone. Yeah. Also, why um, would he have his he phone goes, where it could be like destroyed? Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but he runs out to grab it and sees some hooligans using tools to bust up the generator, and then they bust up Moose, also. Yeah. He's just getting beat with, uh, crowbars, and, um... Yep. And Moose being, like, I mean, he's called Moose for a reason. He's he's big and... Yeah, that's literally yeah. the line from the show. They're like, is he gonna be alright? It's like, he's called Moose for a reason. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah, um... <clears throat> and, like, he just got beat up, um... You know, they do the whole thing like, hey, we're just going to rub some dirt in it. You're going to be fine. You're dumb enough to not feel paid, right? <laughs> well, no, uh, Fred wants to get him help, but then Moose has to deliver the plot point where he's like, they said as long as you keep working, they'll keep coming back. Also, please, please, Kevin, don't tell my dad about us cruising. <laughs> also, I think we're both supposed to be 15, maybe 16 at most right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Sheriff Keller comes over, and, you know, they basically just... Fred basically uh, just says, like, yeah, Cliff did this, definitely. 
Yeah, and Keller's like, well, you have no evidence, so I can't do anything. Um, also, Clifford's really rich, so I'm not going to go against him and his family. Also, I'm clearly in their pocket. Like I'm, And then Archie out of nowhere is like, hey, I bet it was the serpents, right? They're around here. Fuck those guys. Like, a pro pro of nothing. Just, hey, it was probably the serpents. Yeah. And Keller's like, well, Moose, did you see any, like, serpent iconography? Did they have snakes on their jackets? And he's like, oh, I didn't really see it. And Archie's like, no, I bet it was the serpents. And Jughead's like, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. And Archie's like, no, it was the serpents. Let's go get them, guys. I'm like 90%. And that's the B plot. I'm 90%. <laughs> Why is that the B plot? The A plot is the baby shower. Like, this is, like, they're tr- Okay, so I'm gonna- I'm so perplexed because, okay, so the, so like, it's just, it's just them planning a party and like some people don't like each other. Like, I could, I don't need to see this on my show about some high school kid getting murdered. Polly also looks a lot less pregnant in this scene for some reason. Yeah. Oh, and then we, uh, we, we get Val. Girl, Val with the thigh high boots. I'm just uh, icon. Wow, just, just real good. Just real good. Also, just her whole fit is good. Her hairstyle. Yeah. I mean, just saying, like she's trying to be supportive of Archie, but Archie's like, I can't talk about it. I gotta do something. Yeah. Um. And so he's gonna go attack the serpents with no provocation and no proof. Just his insane hunch that has like no basis in reality. Yeah. And uh. Betty and Jughead are taken well to being boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, they, they have a lot of good chemistry. Yeah. Veronica also says, I checked out at the words construction and site, and Veronica, somewhat, your school acquaintance got assaulted with, like, crowbars. Your your friend who you kind of want to date's family is about to go bankrupt from it. Maybe don't be that flippant. Maybe. Veronica, what happened to you being, like, real sweet and supportive of people around you? Veronica's character in this episode is a little weird. She does not seem like the Veronica in other episodes. Yeah, I feel like maybe someone else wrote her character for this episode then who normally like works on it like like, sometimes she's a little flippant here and there but like when it comes to her friends having like trouble like she's just like yeah let's get this shit fixed anyway archie's like yeah i'm gonna go beat up some serpents you want to come and jughead's like i really don't archie's like you fucking traitor thanks for having my back judas you know you know who's dumb you because you don't want to attack a biker gang (laughs) hello yeah uh, so they, they get inside the White Worm, which is the serpent bar, uh, because Kevin is, you know, with Joaquin, and Joaquin's a serpent. Okay, I have a question. Also, sorry, Archie's going to this bar wearing his fucking varsity jacket. Where it is- okay, okay. But here's a, here's the thing I want to talk about, though. White yeah. Worm, first off, it's spelled with wise. Of course. <laughs> um, and Worm, as in, like, the- like dragon worm. Oh yeah, the the mythical. Yeah. Yes. And second off, is that a reference to like Bram Stoker's only other uh only other novel, The White Worm? Well, you know, this is Riverdale, so yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. But basically Archie like He's standing out like a sore so thumb. fucking Not- stupid. He we wore his varsity jacket here. Why? I thought they were trying to be low key. He's like all right, Moose, if you see the guy, we leave, all right? We're not trying to start trouble. 
And then Moose is like, that guy looks kind of familiar. I'm not really sure. So Archie comes up to him. He's like, hey, you like beating up kids? Yeah, it was, uh, I remember the person who attacked me was between 5'6 and 5'10, uh, was wearing a black hoodie. Uh, I couldn't really see the face, but they were definitely Caucasian. And that describes everyone in this bar. Okay, let's go. Yeah, so FP fan has to come down and be like, boy, if you don't cut that shit out. Like, stop it, dude. Stop it. We'll, we'll- yeah, and that's when Archie learns that uh, Jughead's dad is a serpent. And not just any serpent, but the leader of the serpents. Also, would I... Am, am I being, like, um... Unfair to think that a biker bar named the White Worm filled with a ga- with biker gang that filled seemed to be only white people might be white supremacists in some way. You wouldn't be wrong to assume that based on the context you have, like, but like, there's a twist. Don't even worry. There's no way these guys are white supremacists. Okay. Okay. Because like, because like, I know, I know, I know. Hey Jesse, if, it's a very bad twist. Strap in. Okay. I know FP. FP is like, like even though he's like a bad dad and everything, like he seems to be yeah. on the up and up for the most part. So like, yeah. I don't think he'd be a white supremacist by right. gag, but like, I don't know. The others could be. <laughs> Anyway, he gives uh, Archie a talking down, and then uh, Fred shows up because FP responsibly called Archie's dad get- when he saw Archie coming into this biker gang bar. The only other good- In his varsity jacket, not being low-key at all. I cannot emphasize that enough. He wore his goddamn varsity jacket. It's fucking Letterman to this bar. The only other- Like, the- The- The only- ugh, Crap. I can't- Sorry, here's what I was going to say. Sorry, I'm sorry, I, I'm still not over this. This is a bar, so they had to sneak in because they're underage, and he wore his high school varsity jacket. Fuck this guy. I'm so angry. Also, the only, sorry, other, the only other good parent in this show is the alcoholic who abandoned his children. Yup. <laughs> like, yeah, so we're in the we're in the baby we're in the baby shower scene. Like they just changed tack and, and Immediately, like, Alice is trying to be, like, not Alice for a little bit. Right. Um, I actually appreciate and value you, my daughter. I wouldn't lock you away. I want you and the baby. And then and then Cheryl just pops in, just be like, yep, hey, says, by the way, you know the baby shower thing? It's now a me party. Um, yep. She comes in with an extremely expensive stroller, actually the most expensive stroller money can buy. And it looks like Victorian, like... Like yeah, um, and they of course they break their ghost of a of a grandma, uh, right? And then um, uh, Cheryl says, in exchange, all I want is for you to name me the godmother, which uh, also Polly said Betty was the godmother earlier. Um, and then she holds that a beat too long, and then she says, "Kidding." Oh God, I love Cheryl. I love I love her. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest; she's the only thing like. The, the Blossoms are the only thing that saved, like, all the baby shower scenes for me. <laughs> They're very good. Uh, so then, uh, Fred and FP have some words, because, of course, Fred also didn't know FP was a serpent. Um, FP kind of subtly hints that maybe, or Fred kind of subtly hints that FP maybe is behind it all as some sort of revenge thing. And then FP rebukes that, being like, you really think I'd do that to you, man? Well, I mean, like... I mean, he could. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, I've only known him long enough to know that he has the jacket of a dead teenager. 
old. Right. But Fred doesn't know that, and they grew up together. <laughs> yeah. So kind of a dick move on Fred's part. Um, maybe, maybe valid in the long run, but he doesn't know that at this time. So, uh, Nana Rose, uh, who is the, uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Does a crystal aura reading, and then Cheryl says something problematic? D- yeah, d- d- yeah. Uh, apparently, apparently the, uh, the Blossoms also have aroma blood as well. Yes. Of course, they don't use that term. They use the other term, mm. as I'm sure you've guessed. Yeah. And again, not that if they had said Roma blood, this would be better because it's still playing off bad stereotypes. But yeah, apparently, uh, apparently, Paul, uh, Polly's going to have twins, one yes, of each, a boy and a girl. Yes, that's what Nana says with her magic crystal. And so now they're opening gifts. And <laughs> we're um, just watching a baby shower right now. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, Alice got her Polly's old nightlight from the house. Which is cool, I guess. I mean, really, it's Polly's thing, so okay. you just gave her back a thing she owns. <laughs> Here's the part that I love. Archie just bursts in and just like, hey, Jughead, fuck you. <laughs> Taking some notes out of Alice Cooper's book. And of course, like, everyone starts staring and Betty and Veronica is just like, like, hey, Archie, like, stop it, please. Hey, hey Archie, um... You know, we grew up together from childhood, and you're, like, kind of my best friend, and, you know, this is my sister's baby shower. It's already kind of weird that you were, like, late, but can you not cause a huge scene right now? You know, as the only as the only two, like, I'm gonna assume anyone identify as a, as a dude sitting here, you're, like, definitely sticking out, because you're just coming in here with a lot of hot energy. Um, and then... Somehow, the Blossoms didn't give her something insanely expensive and extravagant for a gift. They gave her an old wooden rocking horse that great-grandpa Blossom used to play with or some shit. And it looks very haunted. And then, and then, like, Alice just comes in just, just like, hey, you know how it's being nice for most of this episode? Well, fuck yeah. that! It's- Alice, Alice wants a fist fight. I, like, man, if we could, if we could have Alice and Penelope, I like, this would have been the uh, great episode if Alice and Penelope just had a straight yeah. up fist fight right now. There's some great verbal, uh, sword fighting here, and I'm probably gonna put this entire exchange in here because it's very great. You know, I think, I think Penelope just always has, like, like I think she just has shark eyes, and that's why I'm always kind of freaked yeah. out. Yeah, she's she's got that vibe. Yeah, I also appreciate that Cheryl was willing to jump in and throw down to defend the Blossom name, even though she doesn't especially like her parents. <laughs> even though her parents said, "Like, hey, if you weren't useless, I would have sent you to Europe by now." Yeah. <clears throat> um. Then Polly's like, "Mom, you've ruined everything," and she left in tears. Yeah, I would. I would have counted. I would have counted that as uh, Alice burst in, but she was technically there the entire time. Yeah, she was already there. Yeah, it's got it. The burst in is the most important part of it for me. She has to just come in and because, start guns blazing because that's something she would have said. Yeah, and see that that was like a build up to an outburst. That's natural. People ha- that happens to people that shows self control. I love it when Alice Cooper just comes in and is immediately at one hundred. That's what I crave. 
Um, so now Alice is trying to reconcile with Polly after the party. I don't care. This doesn't matter. We didn't we have the didn't we have this scene already? Probably. And like an- uh, the yeah, the only important thing that comes out of this scene is we learn that Hal Cooper, uh, Polly's dad, oh. had taken her to a doctor before they had sent her away and said that he would pay for an operation. Yeah, they they basically skirt around saying like, "Yo, let's eat that, let you eat that yeah. fetus." Yeah. Yep. Eat us that fetus. Yeah. Uh, yeah um. And, and we get and we get a, another thing. Like we get another thing later, which I don't know how long is left in this episode. See, like normally these episodes go by really quickly. Like this, the baby, like the whole baby shower part, just feels like it goes on forever. Yeah, it feels a little bit padded. Because, like, we were just watching, like, except for, like, two scenes, we were just watching a baby shower. Yeah. But, uh, it appears Alice did not know about this secret clandestine uh, doctor's appointment, and she doesn't look happy. And we'll learn later that she's not. But first, let's visit with Fred and Archie. Um, Archie says, before you say anything, I was trying to help by picking a fight with a biker gang that we don't actually know was the one starting trouble on the construction site. Very good, Archie. Uh, Fred, not yelling at his son. I feel like this is one of those times where you could yell at your son. You know what? I would, I would still say that Fred would have been okay if he was just like, what the fuck you doing, son? Yeah. Why are you so goddamn dumb? (laughs) Yeah. At least I'll wear your Leatherman, Leatherman um, but, jacket, you idiot. Yeah, God, why? Um, but he instead makes a very sad speech about how all he is is a workman who pours concrete. But uh, even though that's who he is, that's not who Archie is. And he, he's trying to provide a future for Archie to realize his potential. And he feels very defeated because it looks like he has failed in that. And so Archie cheers up his dad and talks about how proud he'd be if his kid wanted hated music and wanted to build stuff. Yeah. Well, um <clears throat> I mean, I I think I think that would be a thing that could definitely happen. I think that'd be pretty freaking cool, dad. Hey, dad. I'd love it if my I'd love it if my child built things while I was just off being famous ignoring them. That'd be pretty freaking cool, dad. Okay, so I guess Betty had to comfort Polly, um, and she finally went to sleep, and then she kind of, she she does the opposite of a burst, and she softly opens the door, and starts at a very low level, and talks to Jughead. (laughs) Yeah, um, and now it's that talk about, hey, your dad's a gang leader, why didn't you tell me? And Jughead says, because he's ashamed of that, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad's kind of kind of shitty. You know, re- remember when we had that outburst like earlier, where he was just like, "Hey, I'm alcoholic." Like I was just like, oh, "I don't know." Let's not tell him that. <laughs> Let's not tell him that she's also he's also a gang leader. Yeah, um, but she's like, "Well, if we're gonna be together, I want to I want to know about you, even like the icky parts, and also we should talk to your dad because he might have some information on Jason, because you know Jason had drugs from the serpents." And luckily, his closet door is closed, because they go yeah. in, they go uh, to, uh, I keep on to say Skeeter's house, but no, FP's house, <laughs> yeah. um, and 
he's what they do catch him drinking so he hasn't quite cleaned up his act yeah and he is also watching uh baseball i mean I, yep. I, you know he's watching na- nature documentaries now baseball you know <laughs> oh right uh, fb also sounds <clears throat> shocked to hear that the serpents were dealing drugs um until uh i think he admits it here though yeah yeah uh, once, once he realized the jig is up, because Polly's one who said it, he comes clean. He's like, uh, "No one's gonna suspect a clean cut kid like him." So yeah, we loaded him up. Um, and he just kind of talks about how they did their thing. Uh, they they yeah. they give him some drugs, and then when he didn't disappeared, like they're just like, "Hey, we just thought he ran off, you know, with our stash," and then. Yeah, and yeah, Jughead staring at his dad, and FP kind of challenges him. Like, is there anything else you want to ask? And so FP outright, or sorry, Jughead outright asks him, "Do you do you have anything to do with it?" FP very hurt is like, "You really think I could do that?" Started to look like maybe he could. I'm just saying, it doesn't look good that you that like obviously he was the one who took the jacket yeah. and burnt the car. T- t- turns out maybe FP is a like amazing actor because I really bought it when he looked shocked that uh uh the serpents had given Jason drugs and all the other scenes that he's been lying in uh, that we know of. Hey, it's, t- it's just a uh, uh, Skeet's good a good actor. Let, let's yeah, I mean. Well, Skeet's a good actor, we know, but I guess also FP in the fiction is a good actor, because he really sells these scenes where he's like, do you really think I could have done that? Yeah. Also, for some reason, this makes... I don't know if Horny's the right oh, word. Oh, fucking some, some DP or director fucking felt so smart about this shot where Jughead and Betty kiss, and then the camera pans uh, down, and it catches the light behind them, and so they fill in from this kind of desaturated to this very... uh like it's like they're coming into color, and someone like jerked up and like, oh my god, cinema! I'm so smart. Yeah, and then for sure. And so it's do I mean do we count that this one feels reasonable? Yeah, Alice, Alice burst into the to the. Yeah, I don't think this is bullshit. Is the no. thing she burst in guns blazing, but it's not bullshit. No, no, this one's like I think the only time she was like completely reasonable. Yeah, because she goes she goes downstairs into like I guess the I guess the man cave the or whatever den called or whatever, den. Yeah. She does. She does throw the remote control across the room, which is pretty good. Yeah, as Hal's watching the same baseball game, FP was. Yeah, and it turns out that it turns out that not only did she uh, not know about the abortion that he was going to clearly pay for, but it mm. also he offered the same thing when I guess yeah. uh, po- I guess it would have been Polly, because um, she's the older sister. Yeah, uh, yeah. He also pressured um, Alice to have an abortion back in the day. It looks like. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and she pretty much is just like, uh, like, hey, Polly's moving back in, and Hal's just like, hey, I'm not right, ra- I'm not, I'm not raising no strawberry blonde child. <laughs> get, right. get him out. I will not have a child with blossom blood in this house. And so Alice kicks him out. Get out. And uh. And she pretty much just like, hey, remember when I told you that uh, in front of my daughter that you're a giant pussy that I hate? That's like real weak. Well, I might, I might do something I regret. Huh? Get out. Get out. Get out. And uh, 
and I'm I'm guessing he's gonna leave. I don't I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, he leaves. Okay. Yeah, basically, basically, it's gonna be it's gonna be the Cooper girls from now on to that yep. house. We're gonna we're gonna k- and boy, the savage savage irony twist at the end of this episode is Alice Cooper has gone through all that, broken her family apart, so Polly can come home. And where does Polly decide to go? Oh, oh, I mean, I don't know. We need to save that for the, the for six minutes from now. I guess. I again, I don't think people are watching the episode live with us while listening to this podcast, so I think it's fine to tell them <laughs> well, well, she, that she ends up at the yeah, Blossoms. She ends, yeah, she ends up at the Blossoms. Um, uh, that's the stinger at the end of the episode, but yeah, we got like another couple of scenes in between. Like, Jughead and Archie have to make up. Yeah. I'm just gonna say, like, Archie, like, it feels like someone completely different was writing, because, like, the only person who was acting the same was Jughead. Yeah. Betty and... I really also don't think Jughead should be the one to apologize here, but... No, Archie should clearly apologize. Uh, but they make up, because Archie says, uh, quietly, you're like my brother, because I guess that's weird for him, even though he hasn't really done that whole toxic masculinity no, thing prior to this. he's been very sensitive. Yeah. Like, the entire yeah. time. Yeah, it again, feels out of character that he'd feel weird about saying that, but Jughead's like, yeah, no, you are my brother. It's not like, it's not, you're like my brother, you are my brother. And so I'm sorry for keeping that from you. Yeah, so FP is... We cut to FP talking to, I guess, another serpent. Um, well, no, it's... Joaquin. He's packing a bag with the jacket and saying, this is our insurance, keep it safe, hide it, and it's Joaquin, he's telling, who also, apparently, was planted with Kevin, because they knew Kevin is uh, Sheriff Keller's son. Um, and in a great fanfic scenario that uh, I would have watched, it's... Uh, Joaquin did this for ulterior motives at the start, but now he's kind of like, well, you know, he actually really likes me, and he's a sweet kid. Y- you know, you know what's, like, interesting? Like, I'm gonna say, like, for being, like, in a, like, a biker gang, it's kind of mm-hmm. nice that they're just like, hey, there's this, there's this gay kid, we're gonna use him to, you know, like, there's this kid who's, like, op- like openly gay and willing to do gay shit for us. <laughs> like, it's kind of it's weird i think they would they would kick that out but yeah so i guess penultimate scene um oh yeah uh, we have uh fp is with uh, a bunch of the serpents they're just like hey i'm a foreman and also there's a bunch of people who need work here um why don't we why don't we just take them over to our andrews construction and we just you know work for the person we're gonna work for in the first place higher yep. up and, and you know there's a uh, now hooligans can't bother us because we're all fucking gang members who know how to throw down so don't even worry about it perfect solution to the problem yeah um oh and then fp drops this little nugget with hermione says found out about those guys who messed up this place they're uh from up north you know montreal where i guess her husband is incarcerated or has business in montreal is what they say and apparently uh, hiram like heard about just well that's the that's the speculation uh, fp is laying down maybe hiram had heard about her little tryst and this is a retaliation H- hiram heard from a little uh, from a little birdie that that fred andrews is blowing out hiram's up uh, i mean hermione's yeah. black back walls has made him a cuckold <laughs> yeah 
and no one makes Hiram Lodge a cuckold and gets away with it. Yeah. Presumably. We don't know if that's the fact, and that's why those guys were there. No, we don't know at all. It could be, it could be like this random Canadian who hates him. <laughs> right, this is Riverdale, so it could literally be anything. You could just be like, hey, remember ten years ago when you said, I hate maple syrup, and you spat it out yeah. at this random Canadian's feet? Fred Andrews could have a long-lost son who wants revenge on Fred Andrews and Archie for abandoning him decades ago, and he and his Canadian buddy came and fucked them up. We don't know. It could literally be anything because this is Riverdale. You know what? It could have also. It could have also just been two dudes who are just like, "Hey, why don't we just make this guy's life bad?" <laughs> yeah, they just hate generators. <laughs> just like you know what? Who? What I hate electricity, not from geothermal. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> Clean energy only! You better put up some windmills if you don't want us to fuck up your shit. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So, uh, Polly went to the Blossoms. Uh, Alice is very sad. But you're kind of a dick, so I get it. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, um... Just, there's, there's no good parents. Except, there's two good parents in this show. Yep. Also, although one might also be, you know, like a mastermind murderer who just puts up a very good parent front. Well, okay, you know where I think they did a good job at uh, casting uh, Clifford as uh, Jason's uh, father because he also has a haunted doll look when he doesn't have a hat on. Yeah. Yeah, he looks kind of like an evil Muppet. So, um, yeah, that's the episode. That's that's the app. All right, Jesse. How does this episode, The Outsiders, compare to the worst episode of the season so far, Body Double? Uh, it's better than that one. Like, all right. Uh, what what about the River's Edge then? I think it, so. We're going by crazy. If we're going by crazy, because that's what I'm kind of in, incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. This one, this one's more than River Edge. River Edge had like the hint of like a show. Like like right. an actual show. Uh, how about faster, Pussycats? Kill, kill. See that one also had a hint of just being regular show. So we're just gonna go higher. Okay. Uh, how about the last picture show? Hmm. Okay. So here. So as I said before, most of the time these episodes go by pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. The baby shower stuff. When we were just watching a baby shower. Right. Like, that part dragged so right. long, and I cared so little about it. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that it was over trying to heal a blood feud <laughs> it does make it crazy. That does make it pretty good. <laughs> In premise, if not execution. So, like, I mean, I guess it's... I guess it's... I, I, you know what? I'm gonna say that this one goes below, just because I did. Okay. I was a little bored at some parts of this. Yeah. All right, that works for me. This is the Outsiders. All right. Now we got to do an AU. Oh Christ! I don't even. How are we gonna do a baby, a baby shower to AU? Let's let's find out. Let's see. Yeah, pull up three new AUs. We have. Oh boy. <laughs> Please. We have hippie AU, 
celebrity AU or rock band AU? Oh, God. Uh, okay. At first blush, I am gravitating toward rock band. Yes. I'm kind of I'm kind of gravitating towards that too. All right. So this is the uh giant both in fame and also sheer size band The Riverdales or or, or the Archies which was an actual band and um oh, put boy. out uh you know that uh candy like oh da 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 Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That was actually a fictional cartoon band for the comic. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting uh, that that is a thing. So it could just be the Archies. Sure, the Archies, the uh, massive multi generational super band, uh, was on tour when their one of their guitarists, Jason Blossom, was murdered. <laughs> Just, 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 just murdered like real hard, and they keep on forgetting about it for some reason. <laughs> Listen, they're a band; they got a lot of stuff going on. Um, okay, and so for this episode, then uh, Veronica wants to put on a baby shower for Polly to heal the rift that has developed in the band since the death. Of Jason Blossom, we're gonna have to retool that a little bit. It can't be a generations-long blood feud because they're all in the same band. Well, well, okay. So, what if the, what if the parents, uh, they used to be all in the same band, but one of them, the 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 Blossoms, broke off to do uh, do their own things called the Blossoms. Okay, I guess. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Uh, yeah, they they make a new band. And, and the thing is, they somehow get like massively rich because. Off of it? Oh, no, I mean they're all rich because they're in a suit, uh, uh, amazingly oh, oh, yeah. famous Superman. Well, well, they, yeah. well, they, they get like a lot more acclaim for some reason. Like they yeah. stayed in the spotlight longer. Um, it, it's because uh, the Blossoms uh, stole the maple syrup from the Coopers during one of their breakfast sun tours, <laughs> and it became an uh, ir- irreconcilable. Well, no, 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 rift. no, they stole the song called Maple Syrup, which was actually oh, a yes, hit. yes, that's so good. And, and, and uh, they and they uh, it's rumored that uh, one of them killed the songwriter, so they could never have proof of who actually wrote it. Sure, yeah. Actually, let's call it uh, let's call it a, a sticky maple. It, it was the name of the song because then we tie it back into that <laughs> sticky maple. Yeah. And it's like it's massive. Like they, it's like yeah, we got. I got your sticky, icky, 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 sticky, sticky maple, something like that. Yeah. And it's just like super catchy. It's an earworm. <laughs> it's used on a Gap commercial. It's huge. Yes, and it's uh so so, but like there's still a, like a big feud about that, and the blossoms are like still just like top of the town and everything. Um, yeah. and um. Uh, so they're trying to heal this rift using Polly and a baby shower um, so that they can bring the band back together as the fully united Archies. Um, meanwhile, oh god, how do we tie in this construction storyline into if everyone's in a oh, band? Oh, the roadies, the roadies. Okay, yeah, Fred Andrews is uh, is like the set designer for their shows and uh 
uh, yeah, Clifford Blossom steals his crew. Um, and they're on tour and they need to build this set for, for their gig and he's got no workers. So, uh, I mean, Archie, one of the lead guitarists of many in the super band and his friends chime on in to help build the set for dear old dad and also for the band. Yeah. Um, but then they're sabotaged and Archie thinks that it is the serpents who are Southside. Are they a gang? No, they're, or they're, they're a, a punk yeah, band. No, they're band. a crust punk band. Perfect. Good. Um, who hate their sweet 80s bubblegum pop sounds. They just hate them, so he thinks that they are behind it, because they, they hate how mainstream the Archies are. Yeah. Um, and Jughead's like, I don't think it's them, because his dad is actually the lead vocal on The Serpents. Uh, and no one knows because... He he I don't he wears Jughead's just weird. Well, Jughead he wears a hat. Well, well, um, the reason why you don't know that uh, FP is the uh, the lead singer for the crust punk band Southside Serpents is because um, he does like a weird gimmick thing where he like wears like a mask, like or like a oh he's like he's like war where they're all in like prosthetics and shit. Or or he um does real good prosthetics. Yes. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, he, he has some sort of gimmick where his face is covered and he's like called the Serpent King or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that works. And so Archie goes and picks a fight with uh, neighboring crust punk super band, the Serpents. And uh, FB has to bail him out. And so Archie feels betrayed, but then they make up. Baby shower falls apart. But then... Uh, no, it just falls apart, and then uh, Hal Cooper gets kicked out of the band. Yeah, because it turns out he keeps on trying to get people abortions for no real yeah. reason. Just because. You know. He likes abortions. What can yeah, you say? Yeah, he's just like, you know what I like? Uh, just make it, force people into abortion. That's my kink. Yeah, he's, uh, he's the man all the Republicans warn you about. <laughs> yes. He just fucking loves abortions. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get enough of them. Yep. Um, so, so that's that's the whole AU. <laughs> that that was a weird one. Yep, the, the really weird one. Of um, I'm gonna s- that would work better than I thought it would. It did. It was also one of our more unhinged ones. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, but that and the supermarket one, I think, are up there for like. Yeah, I think that would see that would like just weirdly fit because I could just kind of see yeah. I could just kind of see like one band member just like trying to just getting people pregnant, and just trying to keep on getting abortions. Yeah, I'm just I'm just very tickled by by a super band of like 30 people that are all also married and like some of them are like the children of other band members. Are, aren't you talking? There's another rival band talk- that's also a super band. You're, also, you're talking about Menudo. There you go. <laughs> they just they just sub people in once they get too old. Yeah. Super bands in general are very funny to me, but uh great. Uh, but like a super band comprised of like three distinct families is just very funny. But anyway, uh that's that. We're moving on to Marbles. Marbles. Let's talk about Marvels. Okay, I don't. I think I only saw one event this week. Okay, there were two. But uh, hey, real quick, what the fuck is happening with the Oceanics right now? I don't know. They play second. 
Yeah, no. I got a silver. Yeah, that's really weird. Too bad it's not enough to get it that high up. But yeah. Oh no, they're still like fucking uh tenth or something. They're still way down there. Uh, I think the Minty Maniacs might be for. No, no, it's, it's O-Rangers. The, O-Rangers, I think, are for. O-Rangers are still holding on, I think, by, like, six points yeah, or something. It's Minty real Maniacs close. Minty Maniacs is different. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm still, uh, Team Momo still kicking it, uh, still kicking it. Like, they are less than 20 points away for being in, like, the top five. So. Yeah. So, they're still pretty high up yeah, there. Again, a real close. Real close yeah. race. Uh, what, was, what was the first event? I can't quite remember. The one I watched this week was um, the Black Hole one where they did the really big funnel. Right. That that was the second event. I didn't really like that one. I didn't care for yeah, it. Yeah, I like it when they do the multiple funnels a little bit more. Cause it, it, yeah, that, that one's a lot more interesting to me. Yeah. Um, Team, Team Momo did okay in that one, but they do okay in most yeah. events. Yeah, O Rangers did okay the first run and then really fucked up their second run and it was a joke and not good. God, what was the first event? I gotta look that up. Yeah, I got I got like mega fucked by uh by my work uh recently, so I just I, my headspace isn't like exactly, you know, here properly, so I'm wondering what the first one was. So uh, it was the it was the five meter sprint. Oh, I didn't even watch that one. Oh, that was an exciting one. You should watch that. I, sprints are always really fun because it's always really close. Yeah, for the Savage Speeders, like, won the black hole one, and I'm real upset about that. Yeah, that's funny. They normally don't do well on those, but. Yeah, like, they actually managed to stay up, like, long enough. Um. Um, yeah. Five meter sprint. Uh, O Rangers, I think, fucked up their second heat or something, and, uh, just not good. Yeah, they're, they're still high up there, though. Yep, still in first, uh, so far. I think the next event's really good. I can't quite remember what it was, but I was excited when I saw it. Uh, but, uh, that's for next week. For now, uh, yep, yeah, uh, I guess that's really all we have to say about this. Uh, again, well, didn't like the black hole. Well, I do have one thing to say. Oh, okay. Um, so apparently, you know how, like, all the people from the office are just trying to do office-related things? I did not, but okay. Well, they are. Um, so the guy who plays Stan is right now trying to kickstart a kickstart a show where he's basically just playing Stan, <laughs> but oh, it's bud. legally distinct. <laughs> Stan, oh buddy, it's, I keep on getting so many ads about it, and I need and I need to like I just need to say that that's a thing because uh, Pam Fisher uh, and the. The person who played Angela has a podcast. The guy who plays Kevin has a podcast where they're rewatching. Of course they do. Yeah. The, the, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Well, like it's. I I heard I heard that the that they rewatch the Good Doctors or whatever the one where you have a uh, Donald Faison and Zach Braff watching Scrubs. Oh, I heard yeah, that that's yeah, actually that's... like pretty decent. Yeah. Uh. So Donald Faison and Zach Braff are best friends in real life. And so the the podcast is called uh, Fake Doctors, Real Friends, and it's uh, pretty close to just getting new Scrubs content because the way they are in real life is very similar to how they were on the show because they're just real life best friends, and so they banter like that. I I like I'm kind of I kind of want to watch it, but also the only real joke that I remember from that show that like stuck with me for years is a very homophobic one where someone is in a wrestling singlet. Uh, and mm. are just like, oh, nice singlet. Does it come in hetero? 
And I'm just like, and that's mm-hmm. one of the only jokes I remember. And I want that to be brought up, and I want them to talk about it because I need to know what they're going to say nowadays. Oh, Jesse, <laughs> they did a whole episode about the blackface episodes. How was it awkward? Yes, <laughs> it was. Ex- it's exactly as awkward as you thought it was going to be. It was great. I loved it because if I remember correctly, uh, but- like uh, Donald Faison is like n- not like a is like pretty vocal about certain stuff now yeah uh shout out to their producer joelle who is a black woman for sitting donald face on down before that episode and explaining the entire history of blackface and jim crow to him so that he wouldn't look like an asshole on air oh good job because woo. <sighs> yeah that's because donald speaks about how like he really wasn't aware of like the full history of blackface. He just kind of knew that blackface was well when someone puts you know makeup on to make themselves look black, and that uh, you know if it wasn't coming from a mean place, then he didn't see an issue with it at the time, which is why he didn't have an issue with those episodes at the time. Um, but then after learning about uh, like how Jim Crow was a literal white guy in blackface uh, who did it to make black people look stupid to support Jim Crow law and all that, he's like, oh. Now I understand, and like he talked about how like uh, the crows and Dumbo used to be his favorite characters in Dumbo. Oh, and I was like, oh, oh, oh now no. I understand. Oh no! Yeah. can you imagine figuring out that that was like a bad thing later in life? Yeah, he he had some conflicted feelings about that because they're for sure they're, they're literally minstrel like archetypes. Yeah. Oh, but uh, jo- Joel fucking just holding up the whole show on her back doesn't stop there at, at toward the end of it it was uh so it was zach Braff, donald Faison, then they brought on bill lawrence who's the showrunner and sarah chalk who plays uh elliot so you know the three the trio um and they were all you know talking and doing th- their thing and then at the end they're like uh, joelle do you have anything you want to add and she's like uh well i believe a good apology is uh acknowledging what you did uh and then uh Explaining how you won't do that again, which you've covered, but then also a concrete action plan on how moving forward you are going to be proactive against that. And so she directly asked them, what are you three going or Ford going to do as people with influence in the industry to combat racism and anti-blackness? That? Which was fucking choice god see see that's the thing that's the one thing that's missing like in most because like i because you know i i think both of us can agree for the most part like an apology with an plus like active actively trying to fight against something that you may have been holding up before is is like the way that you can like redeem yourself like it's the way to uh, to use uh the terms uncancel yourself um <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of people never take the take the part where they actually actively fight against or say that they're going to out loud with concrete plans. Right. Um and that is ooh, I need to listen to that. That feels like it'd be very like just very cathartic for people of color. Yeah. I mean it's it's like 40 odd minutes of awkward white talk but then Joel saves it at the end. I was like choice. <sighs> Very good. So, so well, I mean, I might listen to it cuz like uh I don't know. Yeah, uh I I guess that's my recommendation for the week is uh Fake Doctors Real Friends. My my recommendation is uh you know, Umbrella Academy season number 2. I've been enjoying it's that. It's been real fun. Like it's been r- real fun, real good. Um 
I guess I guess, I guess uh, Ravana is by. Oh yeah. Uh, that- uh, there's a tweet that I've never stopped thinking about uh, since I saw it, which said uh, the most unrealistic thing about Umbrella Academy is expecting us to believe that Ellen Page is straight. Yeah, so she she has to at least be bi, if not like just someone who was just okay with looking straight for a while. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that so like everything like it. I'm looking forward to season three whenever that comes out in a year and a half because they definitely don't have anything <laughs> like filmed. Right. Um. Yeah. And uh, I'll I'll say uh, I thought season one was just okay. I liked it fine enough, but I'm I've been I haven't finished, but I've been really enjoying season two. I think uh, because they got all the setup out of the way, they could just do storylines now that are interesting. I like I liked Umbrella Academy like the first season a lot because it did a lot of like found family stuff. Not mm-hmm. found family, but mi- mixed family, whatever, when you're, like, adopted and stuff. Like, like what I had. Yeah. They did it in a way that even though it was in, like, a, um, you know, superhero thing, they did it in a way that was very realistic for what I felt, because I was in a... Because, like, I didn't live with my mother for... Mm-hmm. I haven't even talked to her in almost forever, either. Um, so, like, yeah. they, did, they did that really well. Um, and yeah. that's what I really enjoyed, because... I don't know a lot. A lot of a lot of shows don't get it right when they do. Like I'm just like I can connect with this show. Yeah, the character interactions on season one were definitely the best part of that season. I think it was like the mystery elements of like, oh, why did five come back or whatever, and like all of that and this and that, where they were kind of like teasing it out. It just didn't really interest me. But like when they were interacting on screen with each other, it was well, the, yeah, very the character compelling. study parts were like phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. by by quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, but yeah, I don't know. Watch right. it. I mean, it's on Netflix. Uh, we're in quarantine, yeah. so if you're doing your if you're doing yeah. your job, just watch it. It's good. It's fun. It's twenty episodes. Is it really? Yeah. Season two or the full the full thing? Full thing. Full thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. If you haven't watched it, like watch all of it. You know, yeah. it's good. Also, they managed to get like a really good kid actor. Yeah, oh, fu- uh, he's a bit of a shithead in real life, but well, I mean, he's a good actor. I mean, I, I don't know. He's a good actor. All right. We've held everyone here long enough. Jesse, why don't you sign us out? Well, um, I guess if you're going to try to heal a blood feud, I mean, just throw a baby shower. I don't, I don't, if you find a baby, if you need one, like get, get a red <laughs> pregnant woman, be like, Hey, this, she's, this is the daughter and product of these two feuds. You can lie. You could lie. It just Jesse, I'm on the phone with NBC right now. <laughs> this is a new Smash reality hit. I cannot wait. It's like Queer Eye, but it's just baby showers. The pregnant woman doesn't necessarily have to be involved in the feud. I love it. Yeah. Ten seasons. Okay, good. Okay, bye, okay, everyone. Bye. So you're a tough guy, like you really rough guy. Just can't get enough guy. Just always so puff guy. I'm that bad type, make your mama sad type, make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type. I'm the weird. I'm a weirdo. I don't fit in, and I don't want to fit in. Have you ever seen me without this stupid hat on? That's weird. <laughs>